breaking news at Beaumont's, Australia's newest range of hard flooring has arrived. Luxury vinyl, heavenly hybrid, stunning laminate and engineered timber. And right now, buy five square metres and get the next one free. For all your flooring needs, you'll be happy you chose Beaumont's. Beaumont's. Welcome to Homestyle with Shana Blaze. Thanks to Beaumont Tiles. Right now, get 25% off a huge range of Aussie-made floor tiles at Beaumont Tiles. And welcome along to the very final episode of Homestyle, the podcast. I'm producer Jane Neild and I'm joined by Shana Blaze. Shana, sadly, I'm actually uh, off to take up a job with the ABC in Ballarat. So welcome to you. And let's just reflect a little on... 68 episodes of this podcast. Can you believe it? I can't. Like, sadly for us that you're going, but I'm so excited (laughs) for you for this new job and it's close to home and I really, you know, congratulations. I think that's amazing. But you, like people may not know, but Jane just gets, she's so excited by Renaults and anything design that she just preps so much for us that I literally (laughs) just walk in and go, okay, so what are we talking about now? (laughs) Your whole career is preparation for this podcast, Shana. Uh, And for listeners who have just joined us, and it's great to have so many new listeners, um, the, the The actual podcast started in lockdown, didn't it, Shana? So I feel like we've been on a fairly big journey. I'm going to sound like I'm on, you know, The Voice or MasterChef now. The journey, Shana, the journey. But realistically, when you and I first met, the world had ground to a halt. Melbourne was in complete lockdown. Um, We had some wonderful clients, and of course, Beaumont Tiles now sponsoring the show, who said, "Um, let's do a podcast. So you and I basically got on Zoom and started talking DIY and reno. I now blame you, Shana, for the fact that I made a complete tree change. I decided because you'd inspired me that I could renovate a house. You ended up buying your country house and making a TV series, Country Home Rescue. Um, But I do have to thank you because I think talking about this sort of stuff and hearing from someone like you, especially a woman in the industry makes me think, you know, I can do this. I can learn to use tools. I've now got a whole shed full of Ryobi uh, tools and attachments and things. And I use YouTube. I use tradies and ask for help. I'm doing a welding course on the weekend, Shana. So I've come a long way. (laughs) Are you building a fence? No, I've always wanted to make um, garden, like, you know, when you put your tomato plants in and, you know, mine are going pretty well. You go and try and find a really nice, long-lasting tomato trellis or a support just a tripod that's all I want unless you spend hundreds of dollars getting something that's been made by a local blacksmith or like I'm sorry the big box stores don't even have the size or the height I'm after and I'm like one day I'm going to learn to weld so I can get some pieces of Rio rod and I can just weld together some tomato teepees so that every year I can use them instead of having to make them fresh again so welding has been on my bucket list of things to learn and I'm finally going to do it this Saturday. That's really cool. Actually, my daughter um, has just bought her own apartment. Like it's her very first purchase. So really excited about that. But she's in a city. So not everyone like you can have a shed out the back with all your tools and learning. But she has discovered the tool library. Yes. So the fact you can be in a city without a shed and you go to the tool library 
did not even know it existed. My daughter is so resourceful. And, um, yeah, so she's actually bought a, a spray gun to, to paint the walls. She wants, like you, wants to sort of do a few things. She's, you know, going to put up shelves. She's going to get drills. Um, but all those things that you buy for a one-off job, um, it is a waste of money. So the fact that um, it can be, you know, in that type of environment where you're in a city, you're a girl with the, you know, want to get the tools on, you can go to the tool library, get as much information from the locals as you can. I think it's fantastic for anyone, actually, not just just not just not us women. Um, actually, that's where the welding course is at the Ballarat Tool Library uh, because they do skills and, you know, there's even a women's shed starting in a place like Ballarat as well. But, yeah, that concept of not having to own everything yourself, and especially for Carly, like you said, you don't need a cupboard full of tools when you've got short space well, in an apartment. I love that. What happens when everyone locally finds out she's Shana Blazer's daughter. I think you'll be getting a few requests to come on down and uh, do some appearances, Shana. (laughs) (laughs) She's absolutely loving it. She's only just starting now. We did a bit of painting on the weekend and um, she's, you know, because it's her very first one and as a you know, as a kid, she paid zero attention to what I was doing. It was all that, oh, mum will do it. The mum will finish it off. But as an adult now, um, it really is about her um, taking ownership of her home, taking ownership of what she actually wants. And it's her way of going, mum, this is my decision. So if I was helping her all the time, it would be like me influencing her. So I think that's really smart. <laughs> Get mum out of it. Well, that's kind of a proud mum moment too, because when we started this podcast, uh, you weren't a grandmother and neither of your children had actually gotten into the property market. So think about it now that Jesse's got, you know, his child and a beautiful house that you helped purchase and and Carly's got her home, which is obviously doing, hopefully you approve of all all the styling. I'm sure she'll be seeking your your advice. But the fact that we watched them both help you renovate your country home in Kyneton as well, I think that was a huge thing to do as a family. Yeah, and and I think the thing is that it really is one of those moments that, you know, doing a renovation, they know it, you know, can break families up. The fact it brought us closer made it even more special. And I, th- I think, you know, people said, oh, what was it like working with your kids, you know, on camera, but also doing that project? And, you know, we, we're a very close family, but the fact that we trusted each other and um, then walked away closer I didn't think that was possible. So now the fact that Carly's armed with all these ideas and tools and so is Jess, like Jess has done quite a bit of work on his place, I feel really lucky that they feel confident. Mm, Absolutely. And let's not forget you've also made a movie in the time that we have uh, done this podcast, uh, the Fort movie. And just tell us um, quickly, you know, the future of Voice of Change, which is your foundation and and doing some amazing work to kind of break down the stigma around family violence. And that movie really had a lot of people talking. So are there more plans in the future for more productions or how's that sort of panning out? We've got a new board, so that's the main thing, establishing the, the strength of, of the charity because to us this is long-term. Uh, we are using the movie now for corporate and using it for schools and using it as mm. as a teaching um, platform and, and that's the most important thing. Everything that we use for the arts is about education no matter what form it comes in. So we're looking at packages at the moment. So if anyone's listening and interested in the movie of how it can be used as a, an educational tool in your workplace, in your school, um, in your sports environment, because it really ends up being about equality and respect, that family violence 
comes from lack of respect, lack of equality. And I think that's the main thing that people tend to forget, that we've got to stop it at the root of the cause um, for, for us to see any cycling cycling changes. Mm. And, yeah, that's really important. So the next project, we, we don't want to put a lot of money into another project till we can establish these educational tools because I think it's really important that we get the longevity about what Voice of Change is doing is about people getting education and how they can make change in their everyday life for the long-term future. Oh, it's so inspiring what you're doing, Shana. So looking forward to seeing that evolve and develop over the years. Uh, now, you've got a new range at Harris Scarf, and I thought we could just briefly talk about summer and some of the colour tones and the trends. We are seeing some pretty uh, beautiful colours that I'd like you to describe. I'm almost going to say kind of reminiscent of 90s sort of ochres and terracottas and uh, colours that we've seen in interiors. In fact, House 3 on the block, Christian Brett had a burgundy bench. So it was marble, I think, wasn't it? But we are talking burgundy. I don't think I've seen those colours used since the 90s. You are so right. Like the burgundy is something that I never thought I'd see again. But the thing (laughs) is, this this is very unique. And it is also like the burgundy of how it was used. It was used with a lot of green. It was used with yellow. You think of like the burg, like this building I'm in at the moment, um, when I first purchased it, the shop part of it had yellow walls with burgundy trims. Ooh. (laughs) And slate floors, like, oh my goodness. So it is the antithesis of what that is. Um, But you know, and I'm not a burgundy fan. I know it's the favourite of Darren's, but it is a colour that's out there and it's not polarising because the way it's used with the beautiful white and naturals and it was just a complete unique piece. Yeah, and so for your new um, range at Harris Scarf, you sort of wanted to bring in, it's very warm to me, like I'm, yeah. I'm loving this warmth. So talk us through some of those decisions. Look, I think the thing is the way we're going with trends is definitely warmer. You know, we were talking um, last episode about travertine and and the warmth and the yellow, which is a bit different to the yellow that people used to put on walls. It's very a natural stone look. So because we're getting all these natural materials that are yellow-based instead of white-based, you you have to stay away from a lot of cool colours. So then the accent colours need to change. So what I've brought out in um, my summer range is the muted tones of like a blush pink. So it's got a bit of a musk to it. And then also the green has a little bit of a, a warm blue tone as a sage. And then the ochre that you were talking about actually has a bit of a blue base to it. So even though it's going to go against warm colours, it, it's really looking at how you make these warm and cool colours work together. And it comes with accent colours and the undertones of them. So the burgundy that we were just talking about in Christian Brett's um, is actually a warm underbase. So it's actually got a, a red base to it, whereas the the ochre and the, um, the rust colour that I've got actually has a little bit of a blue on it. So it just means it's not that really hard hard depth of colour and they work really well like we were talking the other week about 50s and 20s and like you know if you do a blush and a green it's reminiscent of a bit of art deco so you can have a little bit of nostalgia about some of these colours but it's always what you put with it you know if you just want to do one of these blush sort of colours so it's a blush pink or a blush um 
rust or a blush green. You know, you can just put navy with it. You can put white with it. You can put black with it. So it becomes very striking. Or you can put muted tones of off-white and natural stones so that you get all these different ways to accent the same colours. And also along with the colour is just the texture, texture, texture that's in your new range at Harris Scarf. What a surprise, Shana. (laughs) And that's where we're going because if you're going for the warmer colours and the warmer um, neutrals, it's all about natural stone. It's about natural fibres, about natural um, textures. So it's really important to make sure that when you're doing those warmer colours that you do natural textures because otherwise it can look a bit 90s and 2000. Mm, loving it and do love Harris Scarf. In fact, it's a, a stone's throw down the road from where I'll be working at the ABC in Ballarat. So look out, Harris oh. Scarf. <laughs> There you go. You're, you're going to be dangerous. <laughs> you are listening to Home Style thanks to Beaumont Tiles right now. You can get 25% off a huge range of Aussie-made floor tiles at Beaumont Tiles, supporting local producers. Aussie-made, we love that. We've got some listener questions for you, Shana, in the hashtag what would Shana do category. We love all the emails and the messages we've had over this season of Home Style. So thanks for your input. This one from Jenna in Giz. Uh, Shana. Frames for pictures. What's the trend at the moment? I'm seeing a lot of timber framing. What's the safest bet for fashion and longevity? Black, white, timber, no frame? I mean, you spoke about mirrors um, and having no frames in the mirrors last episode when we talked about bathrooms. But is, is no frames on your pictures something you're heading towards as well, Shana? Uh, can I just say fashion and longevity are not in the same <laughs> sentence because fashion go. means it's it's a 12-month cycle. It's fashionable now, but it won't be fashionable next year. So what I think what she's meaning there is like how is it going to look good now with what's happening as a, and then also for long term. It all comes down to the colour of your walls, the type of artwork and also the type of interior that you've got. So I'm sitting here in my room and I've actually got two prints next to me and one has a white frame and the one next to it has a black frame. Mm. And the reason of that is is the wall is white and the the white frame goes with one that has a, a border to it. So it means that you have the material border on the inside. Then the other one is a dark picture and so it's black. So it means that the white frame is blending in with the, the, the border and then in the artwork that has the black border, it means it's blending in with the artwork. So that way you can do the black and white. And if you're very, if you have a great eye and a good texture, you can mix black, white and timber and it becomes very eclectic. But if you want something that's very classic, black is always the way to go. Mm. Black, very classic. And it depends on the thickness of your frame too. If you do a fine, um, thinned frame, that means it becomes more classic, but if you, um, classic modern, but if you do quite a wide frame, um, it tends to be a bit more traditional, even if it's a contemporary sort of frame. So it, it all depends on what's going at the time. And if you're doing black, you know, uniformity, looks really good on that rather than doing, you know, sort of what we call a French hang where it's all, you know, different sizes and different shapes. Um, The timber colours at the moment are a mix between oak and also a mix between um, a sort of a walnut colour. The great thing about the timber, if you get a timber frame and it's painted white or it's painted black, 
you can always paint it in the future. Ah, that's true. Very true. Very true. So the aluminium one, you would have to spray paint it in the future. So I hope those those elements have helped. Uh, Jenna and Gisborne, thank you. And I hope that has uh, given you a little bit of inspiration. This one from Caroline in Mitcham. Dear Shana, one for your hashtag, what would Shana do? My hubby and I watched the block religiously this year as we're planning in the planning stages of a renovation of a mid-century home very similar to those on the block. One issue that we're having a few discussions over is the whole butler's pantry concept. There was some talk with the judges on the block and I'm trying to use the judges' comments to convince my husband that we don't need one. (laughs) It will block the flow to the outside space potentially and I feel like I will be the one stuck in the pantry when I could just make my main kitchen bigger and more spacious. He thinks it's a good place to hide things, but I disagree. What are your thoughts? Is it a must-have? We plan to live in the home for a couple of decades at least, so resale at this stage isn't a huge consideration. Caroline in Mitcham. Hmm. I think Caroline nailed it on the head that if they put in a butler's pantry, it will affect the flow. And that's the main thing is a butler's pantry only works um, to support the kitchen. If you're thinking butler's pantry, then the kitchen, you've actually got it backwards. You know, we always um, looked at walk-in pantries or a corner pantry. So it might be a case um, that you have a pantry that has some doors to it that you could actually have a bench on there to be able to put appliances on. So the, the appliance cupboard is part of the pantry that has a bench in the middle. And it, it really is a floor plan issue. And we saw that in this series more than we ever have is the everyone felt that they had to have a butler's pantry and it made the kitchen so small and not functional. And even like Stephen Gian's, like a lot of people said, oh, I really like their pantry. You weren't standing in it. Two people could not stand in there. And so you would be that person, like Carolyn says, stuck by yourself doing stuff behind where everybody's going to be. So it's really important to look at the the amount of space you have, what the connection is to the exterior, the interior. And Butler's Pantry, I got my very first Butler's Pantry from Country Home Rescue. I've never had one before. And I can't say any of my kitchens have ever suffered by not having a butler's pantry. I was so lucky I had the space and um, that's the only reason. And we also have such incredible innovation in kitchen cabinetry too, though, where you can actually have cupboards that have those appliances in them that you don't really need a whole extra room to hide things, do you? No, I think everybody's so concerned about the dirty dishes and things like that. You just you just get a system and the dirty dishes, like, you know, you can chuck them in the pantry for a little bit if it's that bad. But, you know, it's it's not a necessity. It really isn't. Maybe just spend the extra cash on two dishwashers, Caroline. <laughs> Well, two dishwashers is pretty good. I have to say that one's great. But then but then, once you've got the two dishwashers, then one doesn't always get empty. So that's just something as well. <laughs> uh, well, I think uh, at least you're discussing these things before you've actually locked in the plans, uh, Caroline. This is Home Style for Beaumont Tiles. Right now you can get 25% off a huge range of Aussie-made floor tiles at Beaumont Tiles. This one from Georgie E., Do you have any suggestions, Shana, for DIY blinds in a rental house? Our place has a beautiful kitchen living area that gets a huge amount of sunlight and I've been wondering if I can do anything myself to block out some of the sun during summer to keep it a bit cooler. But, yep, it's a rental. Right. That's a hard one. That's a hard one because it is a fixture. 
So that is a conversation with your um, landlord. The only other thing is that there are curtains that <laughs> that they literally stick on, but it means they're closed the whole time, so you have to have a parting on it. So that's wow. not something you can do. It, it Honestly, it is a conversation you're going to have to have with your um, landlord because when you've got a blind, it's drilling into the wall, it's got to have the right support, it could actually, you know, if it's not put in properly, it can be pulled out. It might be a case that you turn around and say to the landlord, you're willing to pay for the blind um, and they can actually look at how it's fixed in. So that that's probably about the best way to talk about if you're happy to invest some and um, they can make sure that it's been installed properly so it doesn't affect the property. Yeah, you don't want to do sort of a dodgy DIY thing and then lose your bond at the end because you've either taken them with you or they haven't been installed properly. Exactly. Mm. All right, last one for hashtag what would Shana do? A bit more of a personal one here, Shana, from Glenda in Springbank. Hi, Shana. We're on the downhill run to Christmas and I'm getting a little anxious about the budget side of the festive season it's, as things have been a bit tough this year. Is it rude to ask everyone to bring a dish for Christmas? I've never done that before. Our large family and extended family are used to me putting on a full Christmas lunch with all the trimmings, but I just don't think it's within our budget this year. Also, my husband and I have made a huge change in our lifestyle and are now living alcohol-free for the first time in forever. We usually have a very well-stocked bar, but this year, in addition to the cost of it, I feel disinclined to stock up on booze if we're not drinking. How would you suggest we navigate this whole issue? I don't want to be the Christmas Grinch, but it's a stressful time of year when the budget is tight. Glenda, love it. Glenda, Glenda, your family, how can they have let you get it? I know you're probably the most hospitable person in the world. Like for you to supply and do everything. No, 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 no. This is not an um, awkward conversation. It is, it is you could do it as a letter. You could do it as an email. Exactly how you've explained without going too over it. It's just like, you know what? financial it's a bit tough but also I'm time poor would love everybody to um, participate with a dish and then we can all celebrate everybody's work and then also with if you're not drinking you might just say look we're not drinking at the moment we're going to have a couple of bottles of champagne um, but bring what you want it's it's pretty much like having a dinner party is so expensive these days let alone having Christmas so I think this you know the bravery of saying this is a bit scary, but once you've done that, it should just set the standard. Like you should not be doing everything yourself, that we just don't live in that world anymore. Yeah, I think that is um, a generational thing as well. There's a little to and fro with Glenda and I, and she did admit that she is of a generation where you just put up and shut up and you didn't actually admit if things were a little bit tough. But you're right, Shana. It, it is a different time now. And I think being honest is way, way better than putting yourself through all of that. And then come January, watching the credit card payments have to come in and think, why did I do that? And also, like, the family just, like, not putting in. Like, it's just, yeah. it is, it, I don't think this year's just been tough. It's it's so many years it's been really tough. So, you know, I, I think you'd be really firm but but kind and, and just state it very simply that this is what it's going to be. I can't wait to see you all there. Um, but, you know, these are the dishes I'm prepared to do. Who wants to do the salad? Who wants to do dessert? Who wants to do the nibbles? So we've always, like, just for us is whoever held Christmas would do the main meal. 
and then everybody does the rest. So someone does the, the, the nibbles before someone gets there, then someone else does the salads and the vegetables and then someone else, you know, or two people do that and then someone else does the dessert. And then also the bonbons are really expensive. So it might be a case somebody doesn't want to do the food but they could supply the bonbons or you can actually make the bonbons yourself. So just look at all these ways that you can make it more cost-effective but also inclusive. Mm, and definitely on the alcohol-free thing, uh, Glenda, I reckon that's actually really inspiring and I reckon that it'd be good for the family to see that that is just not something that is an automatic, yep, you've got the yeah. full bar stocked. And especially for younger people who I think don't seem to be drinking as much either, I reckon you're putting a, making a very good example of it. You don't have to put all that stuff on and have it on tap. Yeah, I think so. It's a new life, Glenda. Here we go. Big change. 2024, here you come. Oh, absolutely love it. See, hashtag what would Shana do? Well, she'd just tell it like it is. Uh, Thank you so much, Shana. Is it too early? I mean, we're sort of November now, still a month and a bit till um, Christmas, but do you know where the Blaze family uh, Christmas is going to be? Are you hosting in the country or is it someone else's turn now? Your kids have got houses. Well, I didn't host it last year, so I'm hoping to wrangle the whole family um, <laughs> in kind to next year. We had a couple of dinners, but not on Christmas Day. So I'm hoping we've just, you know, we have grandchildren that have to be shared now. So it's all about sort of working out where everybody goes. I'd like to see a Shana Blaze family Christmas episode I could watch on Christmas night, <laughs> um, like Mary Berry or one of those uh, Nigella Lawson. Could we Could we do that? Can Channel 9 organise to film it? Because I'd love to see your Christmas. Oh. I think that would be fun. I mean, I'm not the best chef or cook in the world, so it could be really simple, simple ways to make um, Christmas not stressful. <laughs> oh, I'm sure you've got a few chefy friends that would come. <laughs> well, I do, I do a mean baked fish, that's for sure. Oh, love it. Thank you, Shana. Like I said, this is uh, the finale of Homestyle for the moment, all thanks to Beaumont Tiles. 25% off a huge range of Aussie-made floor tiles at Beaumont Tiles. It's been an absolute pleasure to record 68 episodes of Homestyle with you, Shana. You've inspired me no end. You've inspired our listeners and will continue to do so for another season of The Block for whatever the projects are that you have uh, coming up. So thank you. Oh, I just want to say a huge thank you to you, Jan. I can't believe we've done 68 episodes. You leave them before we get to 70. That's annoying. I like a round number. But it's been such a joy. And as I said, you know, you come in so prepared and I just toddle in and, and just talk. Um, it's a real pleasure. And I think everybody out there knows that, you know, if you've got somebody that's organising and making it happen, it just flows beautifully. So thank you. And I wish you all the best. And everybody have a listen to Jane on the ABC. Thank you so much and thanks to Beaumont Tiles for sponsoring Homestyle. And Shana, I'll be watching you on the telly. See ya. Bye. Thanks for listening to Homestyle with Shana Blaze. Thanks to Beaumont Tiles. Right now, get 25% off a huge range of Aussie-made floor tiles at Beaumont Tiles. At Beaumont's, we want to give you more for less. With up to 20% off our outdoor tile range, stretch your budget for that alfresco area. Or update your bathroom and living areas with 25% off most Australian-made floor tiles. Only at Beaumont's. Beaumont's.